It's that time again, fellers, as Doc Journal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks. All right, everybody, how are you doing? You're listening to The Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. Tonight is the first ever uh, Beers and Cheers show with me and Amos. We had the uh, the you know the fantasy show. We needed something since fantasy football is done. So we're going to talk a little bit uh, from every sport, basketball, hockey. We got some college sports for you. Uh, of course, we're going to go over to the national championship game tonight. Um we got a lot of stuff for you, a lot of plans. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, though. Always love hearing from our listeners. So give us a call at 405-562-5463 or text the show at 77948. And with that number, you have to uh, – the first word in your text has to be the word text and then your message for it to send through. We were having some technical difficulties with that, but we finally figured out the system uh, between the four of us, there's not a lot of technological genius going on, but we finally figured out the system, and that's how you got to do it. <laughs> if you if you want to text in and, and talk to us, we'd love to hear from you tonight. Have a, a jam packed show. Uh, Amos, how are you doing tonight? My my co host, of course, as always, Amos Conway. How you doing? Oh, doing wonderful. Staying inside, trying to stay warm. Ah, I had that great month of decent weather in December last two days just freezing cold and a bunch of snow i'm already done with it oh i feel yeah it's it's gotten nasty out here it's gotten real cold uh no it's no it's not fun i went hunting this morning out and it's not fun it's it's real cold <laughs> um oh yeah yeah no, I... <laughs> <laughs> all I right the ron white approach to hunting it's too early it's real cold i just don't want to go <laughs> i do that a lot i'll, I'll be like i'm gonna go here at five in the morning, you know, we'll wake up at five in the morning, five o'clock rolls around and be like, Well, I probably won't see anything in the first hour. I can just wake up at six and then six <laughs> right. o'clock rolls around and then you're like, Well, they'll probably be moving in the middle of the day anyway <laughs> and then before you know it you're you like already wasted half the day. Um We're gonna start out here with the national championship game. Just happened last night. For anybody who missed it, Alabama ended up winning uh, 45 to 40 over Clemson. Uh, it was a great game. For anybody to watch knows, it was a fantastic oh. game. Uh, unbelievable yes, how was. well these two teams played. Uh, and Alabama wins, you know, another one. Uh, hats off to them. Nick Saban's built a powerhouse down there. Uh, but I really, real quick, just wanted to say, uh, Clemson, even though that you know it looked dire straits, the odds were uh, against them. They you know, travel down the field and score that touchdown. There's no quitting that team, uh, and I was very impressed with the way they kept pushing and kept trying to win that game uh, against all odds. Uh, I was very impressed by that. And Dabo Sweeney, I mean, he's building himself another little like like Alabama light out there in in North or South Carolina. So, what do you think about the game, Amos? Oh, I thought it was like you said. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I started off watching it. And I thought it was going to be another one of the things where, because they both, real quick, 14-all, I thought, all right, either this is going to continue to be a shootout or Alabama defense is just going to step up and shut Clemson down, and they didn't. 
until the very till late in the fourth quarter. And I can't say any more about Deshaun Watson. I mean, the kid, I think he's only a sophomore this year. And, you know, if he stays the next two years, who's probably going to be one of them guys who is going to be one of the better quarterback prospects in the last decade or so because he doesn't quit. He's got an arm. He's so accurate, other than the one interception. And you know what? There's some plays where you just have to get credit to the defensive guy. That corner seen what was coming because Deshaun Watson made the right throw. It was the right play call. And that corner caught it. He knew what was happening. And kudos to him. And I think the guy who surprised me the most, surprised, surprised a lot of people, was uh, Hunter Renfro, the receiver for Clemson. He had a killer game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Kid came out and, had, and the guy that I didn't know, uh, didn't know his name at the beginning of this game. I haven't gotten to watch a lot of Clemson games this year. Uh, absolutely had an astonishing game. That man, Watson did it all last night, though, didn't he? Uh, this kid really impressed me. I mean, he did it all. He broke Matt Leinert's record for most passing yards in a championship game, uh, broke Vince Young's record for most all purpose yards in a championship game. I mean,. You can't say enough how awesome of a game he had, even in a losing effort. I mean, he did it all to keep his team in that game. Uh, he needed some more help on defense, though. Absolutely outstanding yeah. game that he played. And I don't want to take anything from Jake Coker because he did play a good game last night, great game, but Lane Kiffin's play calling last night was absolutely amazing to me because it was right when you thought, all right, Clemson's got them figured out. Lane Kiffin was calling plays to get Coker out on you know on the bootleg and got his guys open um especially 88 I can't I for the life of me can't remember what his name is all of a sudden but he got open twice for deep touchdowns and it, I mean just great play calling on his part and I think that's someone who really needed to have a big game yeah absolutely I'm gonna, uh, even as a coordinator uh as a coordinator absolutely and Kiffin did have it he said that you know it was something like 10 years in a week or something like that uh, since his last national championship and he wanted to come in and he wanted to, to really coach well and get his team out there and they did they played an outstanding game very impressed uh, with what his team did I don't know if you saw this or not Amos which is a pretty funny story is after you know Alabama wins the national championship they celebrate on the field uh, you know the kids uh, you know go to the locker room they shower whatever you gotta do then you load up on the buses to leave. Well, the team buses left Lane Kiffin at the stadium. They forgot him. <laughs> I did see that. I seen it scroll across my phone. I was like, "How does that happen?" It, it was pretty. Funny. It was like, uh, you know, I saw the picture, and he's just like standing there where like the bus is pulling like the Concord. He's just standing there by himself with his bags in his hand. It was. Uh, Pretty funny sight. Yeah, but absolutely. Unbelievable great game. Uh, very high scoring. I was surprised because both teams have pretty decent defenses. You know, Alabama's kind of known for their defensive uh, work. And both teams uh, scored a lot of points. I was impressed with the way Coker played, too. He really did. Because, you know, he was clearly outmatched as far as quarterbacks go in this game. Uh, but he ended up stepping up. He had that... One play towards the end of the game where they needed the first down, and, and you know he ran and dove for it and, and got it, uh, which set up the Derrick Henry one-yard touchdown run. He played a good game. Yeah, Derrick Henry had a killer game too last night. 158 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 36 carries. And that guy, and I think he's someone who kind of breaks the mold of the Alabama running back through T.J. Yellen, Eddie Lacy. Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, to where those guys are kind of smaller backs, and where Derrick Henry is 6'3", 242, 245 pounds. I mean, he's 
he's a Brandon Jacobs out there with maybe maybe a more talented Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, and he is a hoss, and he is a big boy, uh, and he can flat out play. Man, he had some that one big run uh, that he had down the field, I and mean, he got out in front of everybody and just turned that third gear on, and nobody could match him. Outran everybody behind him. Uh, they have a lot of talent down there in Alabama. I mean, it's clearly understate or overstated. Everybody you hear it all the time how much talent they have, but it's completely true. Uh, this team is unbelievably talented. There's kids, you know, three, four roster spots down that would be starters yeah. at at most big schools. I mean, they got guys. Their running back depth's amazing. I had a, a good friend of mine when I was in the army, an army buddy of mine who was a diehard Alabama fan, and I remember it was. When Derrick Henry first, he wasn't even on the team yet, but he signed onto the team. Uh, and, you know, they have all these talented running backs on the roster. And he said, wait, Derrick Henry's better than any of the guys that they have. And then, you know, you got, <clears throat> uh, even before Yeldon was starting, you know, they had uh, Richardson. And he goes, no, that Henry kid's better. And then when Yeldon was playing, he goes, well, just wait until you get to see more of Derrick Henry. He kept saying it for the last couple of years, last like four years he's been saying that Derrick Henry kid's better, and, and now you see it. Man, he—I mean, he did play phenomenally. Of course, won the Heisman, won the national championship, uh, did it. Had an excellent, excellent season. Man, he is good, and he is a hoss of a boy. He is huge. Yeah, he is. He just—he, uh, quite honestly, from watching college football and even watching, you know, a lot of the NFL for the last. I guess I've watched it for a long time, but in the last five or six years, he's probably the most pure north-south runner that I've seen in quite a while. He's not going to shift out and make a move out and you know around the tackle or anything, but north and south, I mean, that guy's going to run you over, and it's going to be nothing but pound you and pound you and pound you until he breaks open. That's what he did last night, and in the right formations, that kid's going to make a lot of big plays. Absolutely, I 100% agree with that, and and I love those big north and south backs. I love, you know, my favorite player of all time, being a Titans fan, I grew up watching Eddie George. You know, just a great big guy, like was he like six two, two thirty five, huge guy that just gets north and south, and he'll run right over top of you or he'll make you miss, but he's moving forward. You know, you see so many of these guys now, yeah. the, the Tavon Austin types that they go out there and they you know make a hundred moves uh, you know my my old coach used to always say he moved a lot but didn't go nowhere uh those kind of moves where they had juke 36 times and you're just like just run just run the ball forward uh and i think yeah. Derrick henry could have yeah, he remind... no go ahead go ahead uh, uh, he guess... reminds me of a lot of a guy who he creates tackling issues to where when he's running and people try to shoulder tackle him and it just doesn't work because they're too afraid to try to wrap him up because they're going to get just ran over. Oh, absolutely. He, uh, you know, I said, I think I uh, mentioned this to you guys actually when we were talking uh, between all of the guys on the free parking show that, I mean, I think he's going to be an NFL success, but he feels, it feels kind of like an Earl Campbell kind of situation where he's going to come in, he's going to be really great, uh, but then, you know, the team that has him is going to run him into the ground. I mean, you see Alabama. His last two games before the national or before the playoffs, he had something like ninety carries between two games. Yeah, ninety uh, carries in two games—that's crazy. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, so I just think that they're yeah, going to end up running him into the ground, where you know he's not useful to the team anymore. Uh, it just can't, you know, produce like we saw with Earl Campbell's career came to an end shortly. 
I agree with you, and I think you've seen that a lot of power backs in the past to where they have a solid seven to eight years to where they're always in that, you know, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns a season. But after a while, it's just you, you're a big target running up the middle. You know, you're going to take a lot, and there's a lot of big guys there in the middle there an issue too and to plug you up. Um, we got our first text, and it's actually uh, from one of the members of the free parking show. Rich is texting in uh, from North Carolina and says, Amos, I'm about tired of this weather as well. Wake me up when spring arrives. Um, I'm going to put Rich on blast a little bit here. This guy lives in North Carolina. He was talking today about it was 48, and he's complaining about how cold it is. I, I wish it was 48 here. It's nowhere close to 48, Rich. Come yeah, it's on, like man. 12 degrees here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievably <laughs> cold. Um, those southern guys, but though, dude, man. Because, like, a lot of places have a – they have, like, a cold, you know, or, like, a like dry cold to where I live in the Midwest, so it's a real damn cold, and it just, just makes everything so much worse. Oh, I know. Me and you are not that far apart, and it's the same thing, man. Wind was blowing all day, snow blowing all day. It was very cold, man. Um we're going to move on real quick from the National Championship and all the weather talk. Uh, going to give quick updates here uh, as we switch into more of a college basketball, and we're going to talk about the NBA in a minute. But some quick updates to the games that are going on. Uh, first, the game that just ended, uh, Mississippi State loses uh, to UK, but only by six points, 80-74 to 74 the final score. Um, and then the one that's about to end right now, uh, West Virginia is beating Kansas, number one ranked Kansas, seventy to or seventy-two to sixty-three live right now. There's only twenty-eight seconds left. It looks like Kansas is going to be upset, but West Virginia, who runs, you know, I'm a West Virginia fan, so I watch a lot of their basketball, and they run that press all game long. They run the the full court press, and they're going to get you in, in your face. They're going to make it hard. They're going to get a lot of turnovers. Uh, and looks like they're going to end up beating Kansas right now as the clock winds down. There's only seven seconds left. They're down by 11 points now. Uh, and there it is right now, the final. West Virginia just upset number one Kansas, 74-63. to The fans are rushing onto the court. This is a huge win, Amos. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Kansas always seems to be that team that over the last few years, because I'm kind of a guy that I don't really watch too much of it until the tournament comes, but if I'm, if I'm sitting down and I'm just wanting to watch some sports and I flip on some men's basketball college, definitely watch it. It's definitely real fun to watch. And, and every time I've seen to watch Kansas, it seems when they get that 3-2-1 spot, that they always just have like a mental letdown, and they just end up dropping out. Yeah, and it was, man, West Virginia, you saw it last year, and West Virginia's roster wasn't very talented last year. Um, outside of like two players, um, and they ended up making it. Uh, what was it to the Elite Eight uh, last year in March Madness? Because that press is hard to deal with. Coach yeah. Huggins has, you know, that press is hard to deal with. It, they're in your face the whole time. They're gonna make you turn the ball over. They're gonna force you into bad mistakes. Uh, it's a very hard team to play, and you know uh, they show it right here. It's a huge upset for them. Uh, you know, a huge win. They were ranked um, 11th, I believe, going into this game. Uh, so this was a big win for them, uh, and this should shape a lot of what happens, you know, forward in college. I mean, Kansas, you got to imagine, is dropping back after this loss because uh, it wasn't even really that close, you know, 11-point loss to the number 11 team. 
Uh, so you imagine they drop back, and West Virginia's got to go up. Uh, we have another, actually. The, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the other two games that are on right now could end up being upsets. They're very early on in the game. Uh, both of them are very early in the game, but both of them, uh, you know, the ranked team is losing to an unranked opponent. The first one we have Providence, number 12 in the nation, uh, facing off against uh, Creighton, and Creighton is winning right now, 19-11. to That one's on Fox Sports 1 for anybody interested, and over on ESPN right now, Number three, Maryland is losing 13 to nine in the very beginning of that game against unranked Michigan. So could be could see a lot of upsets tonight. You know, yeah, Miss- and you, on ESPN two, you got unranked Texas taking on Idaho State. They're all knotted up at 14. Uh, man, this this might be it. Might might be in the water tonight because even UK, who has a very talented young roster, uh, they only beat Mississippi State by six. Uh, Mississippi State came back like very fairly strong there at the end. They only beat them by six. Uh, West Virginia with the upset, um, and of course, being a West Virginia fan, I wouldn't mind seeing Maryland lose. That's always a good thing in my book. Uh, but we'll keep an eye. And we'll keep you posted yeah. later in the show. <laughs> you know, we'll bring these uh, these games up later in the show to talk about. But we're gonna shift now from. Uh, college hoops into the pro game here. Um, obviously, you know, the biggest news story in the NBA this year is uh, the Golden State Warriors and this fantastic run that they've been on. Uh, unbelievable how well this team has played. They're 36-2 and right now. There's, you know, three games until uh, the middle of the season for them, the midpoint of the season. Uh, this team looks like they're going to break that record, Amos. They're going to get those seventy or past seventy three wins. Yeah, and it's been a thing where I've sat and I've looked at the schedule. I've looked at it. And I'm sitting here thinking, all right, they can definitely do it. Are they going to want to do it? Is there going to be a point in the season where they're going to, you know, kind of go with the Spurs and the Greg Popovich thing, where you're kind of going to sit your starters for a little bit, and maybe that causes you a couple losses just to make sure your guys are fresh. But this team's very young, very hungry, a lot of talent. The amount of talent that team is almost, and the way they spread you out, it's uh, I don't know. It's very impressive of what they do. The way they can hit that three-point shot from anywhere on the field with anybody doing it. It's just, yeah, I absolutely think I agree with you. I think they're going to do it. Uh, I had a different opinion about that a couple weeks back. But the more I watch it, I just I don't know if there's anyone who can. I don't know if there's anyone who can beat them because the other team wants to beat them rather than Golden State beating themselves somehow. Yeah, the the schedule does look interesting coming up. They do have the Cavs uh, coming up. They have the Spurs a little bit after that. So they, they're going to get into the meat of the schedule. And actually, I thought it was interesting. Their last four games of the season are at Memphis, at home against the Spurs, um, at home against Memphis and then at the Spurs. Those are two quality teams that they got to switch home and away games with. God, that is rough. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's tough. You know, the Spurs yeah, have rough. been a, a fixture for, what, I mean, the entire career of Tim Duncan. <laughs> I mean, they, they've been a fixture in the playoffs. Yeah. And, but and I don't Kawhi know if, Leonard is. No, Such, I, I know a lot of the people know him, but God, he's just an underrated player. He really is. Absolutely, absolutely. He, you know, he's not a guy who's talked about a lot, especially offensively, but defensively, he's great. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Then this team always seems to to be there in the playoffs, and this is like the 
you know, they're, they're just that team that gets better when the pressure's on. You know, that you know they'll play through the season and they'll lose some games that they're head scratchers. You know, uh, but then in the playoffs, you know, every year it just seems like they get better when the pressure gets on. Um, I don't know. I, we're big quick going back to Golden State. I don't know if you watched the game last night, uh, but they end up beating the Heat. The Heat did uh, put some pressure on this team. It was a tight ball game for uh, most of the way through it. I uh, definitely look at one point like the Heat might be able to pull off the upset, uh, but they did not, and Golden State prevails. But here's an interesting uh, statistic from that game. Uh, every starter on Golden State was in the negative in the plus-minus, and every person on their bench was in the positive for plus-minus. The bench really stepped Yeah, that's out. what I was getting ready to say. Like, it's – how many – I can't think of another NBA team – where you look on the roster, probably seven or eight guys deep, and especially last, you know, two or three guys on the bench who could probably be starters on another team. Maybe a team that's not so good, maybe a middle of the road team, but nonetheless a starter. Yeah, I think that I think that that's a good point. There's a lot of those guys that are kind of unsung heroes on that team. I mean, the ones you know, you only you hear about Steph Curry, and then in second place, you know, the second most popular player on that team is Steph Curry, and then the third most popular player on that team is Steph Curry. It just seems like, you know, it's like Steph Curry and company. Like it's you know, it's Steph Curry and the Golden State Band. You know, I mean, they do have uh, Thompson. He's an outstanding yeah, player, and, think- and then Draymond Green. But outside of that, I mean. Yeah. The casual fan wouldn't be able to name anybody after that. Uh, but that bit, and then it shows how yeah, what they can do. I mean, I feel, go for it. Yeah. Now, I, I feel bad for Clay Thompson because a couple of years ago, I remember that whole thing where it was Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and they were the Splash Brothers, and all, all the hype about it, and how Steph Curry has just single handedly taken over. The popularity on that team, and probably the most popular one, what maybe top two, him and maybe LeBron, top two popular players in the NBA. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Andre Iguodala is great, has been for a long time, but you know he was the Finals MVP. He steps up for them when they need him to. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I almost forgot that Iggy was the MVP last year uh, for the Finals MVP. And you look at this yeah. team, and they win. And and everybody wants to point out, you know, the the three point shooting, which they obviously do better than any team I think that we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. But they win in so many different ways. Uh, you know, that's you see Draymond Green come on him, and he had a double double last night. I think it was something like twenty three points, twelve rebounds. Um, he's been playing really good, and he's uh, you know he's in there. He's a tenacious player. A hungry player, a hustle player, a guy that's going to be there on every draw. You know, he's had games where he's taken over. You've had games where Steph Curry struggled. You know, the bench comes in and they'll win games. Thompson's uh, took over games. And this team just has so many ways to beat you. Everybody wants to focus on the three-point game of Steph Curry. Uh, but if you watch this game, or this team, game and game and game, uh, you know, it's they win so many different ways. You know, playing they've played excellent defense, which I don't think a lot of people give them credit for. But this is a good defensive team. Um, they really, you know, they force you into dumb moves and the mistakes. And one thing that I think, I think that most people, you know, the casual fan, would say that three point shooting is the best thing that they do. But I would disagree. I think they move the ball 
that is their their best quality is how well that they pass the ball. They I've never seen a team I don't think ever uh, watching basketball in my lifetime that moves the ball so fluidly. I mean every pass is right there, uh, right there at the right time. Uh, unbelievable how well this team moves the foot or moves the basketball. Excuse me. Yeah, I I agree completely. They I've watched the Spurs play a couple times this year, and they at times they've been have really good passing. And there's a you know some other teams, but when it comes down to it, Golden State is right now they're the pinnacle at the pinnacle of the NBA. They they do everything very well, and like you said, their three point shooting is great, but they do so many other things probably just as good. But it's the three points that everyone sees because it's what racks up the score. But yeah, I agree. That entire team does everything very well. And Absolutely. kudos to Steve Kerr for what he's done, laying the foundation about how they're going to play, and kudos to Luke Walton for being able to execute that in his absence. That's a then no, absolutely. And then the other thing is, and I've heard a lot of people say this, is how important is the coach there? I mean, is really Luke Walton making a difference? I mean, this team's so good. That you know, if you if Amos Conway was the coach, I still think that maybe they lose one or two more games. Uh, but I still think that this they're so talented <laughs> that be undefeated. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I like the confidence, <laughs> but you know, I don't think it really matters who's the coach right now. I'm gonna run down some of the games that are on right now, real quick, scoring update of all the NBA action. Um, five minutes, 41 seconds left in the fourth. The Pacers are beating the Suns 95-84. to 84. Uh, Just about at the close of the third, the Spurs we've been talking about are crushing uh, the Pistons 80-66. to 66. Really tight game between the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics, 85-84. to 84. Knicks leading right now with 10 minutes yeah, left. That looks good game. Yes, that's, I mean, that's always a good game when those two get together, doesn't it? Uh, then we move on. Houston narrowly oh, yeah. has the lead against Memphis right now, 51-48, 10 minutes left in the third. Chicago and Milwaukee, another good game there, tied at 56, 9 minutes, 30 seconds left in the third. Kansas City, I mean, geez, Kansas City, OKC and uh, the Timberwolves right now, 69-57. to The Thunder are leading, seven, eight minutes basically left in the third. And then... With two minutes left in the second, uh, the Mavericks, uh, you know, richest team, the Mavericks, leading Cleveland right now, 44 to 37. And that I want to touch one more thing before we head into the commercial break tonight is uh, how uh, you know it's is Cleveland going to be able uh, to make the push to stay at the top of the East to. It just seems like they lose these these games every now and again. And not to take anything against the away from the Dallas Mavericks, they do have a quality team in Dallas right now. But uh, Cleveland just seems to drop these games here and there that are kind of head scratchers. Uh, and you know, LeBron's definitely taking a back seat. I think as Steph Curry's become actually the most, you know, f- probably the fam- most famous player in the league right now. It seems over LeBron. Uh, and then in the playoff push. It's going to be tough. We saw what happened last year where he ended up losing the other two stars, Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Love, in the playoffs. And then he had to do it all himself against Golden State. And and that just wasn't, you know, he d- just didn't have enough to to do it. Is this team uh, going to be in the finals, Amos, do you think? 
You know, at the beginning of the season, I think we've been on our uh, game show par for the scores. I do believe I even picked them to win the East, and I can't remember if I won them to pick the win the championship or not. But from what I've watched Cleveland, from what I've seen this year from them, is they play from behind a lot. And when your team is LeBron James, and then sometimes Kevin Love, sometimes Kyrie Irving, it's going to be real, real hard to keep that. You know, just you're down ten points, then you got to catch up the ten points and then sustain the lead. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it deep into the playoffs. That's a good point. And those come from behind games when you're constantly playing from behind like that. That takes a lot of energy out of your team doing that night in and night out. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of yeah. energy drained, you know, playing from behind all the time. That's a really great point. Uh, we're going to head into our, our commercial break here. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to get into a little bit more basketball talk. Then we're going to head into to the ice, get some hockey talk in. Uh, yeah, I know everybody's excited, uh, all the <laughs> hockey fans out there. Uh, uh, so we'll get some hockey talk in, and, and you know, we'll see where else it takes us. Uh, we'll be right back. Well, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back now, you hear? <laughs> that boy's good. Mm-hmm, good and terrible. Cards for kids, donate your car today. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com, that's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, K-A-R-S, cars for kids. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, donate your car today. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a steak on his eye but why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think all right welcome back everybody you're listening to the free parking show the beers and cheers show here on jock journal radio um We'd be glad to hear from you, all of our listeners out there. So call in at 405-562-5463 or text us at 77948. And then the first word in your text message has to be the word text um, and then whatever message you want to send in. And we'll read it live on the show. Or you can go to jockjournal.com 
uh, click on their link to the Jock Journal Radio, and it actually has a little thing you can fill out, step-by-step process. It's just fill out where you're from and and what you want your message, and it'll be read live on the show. Um, real quick, we're going to talk about uh, switch gears a little bit, talk about something here. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, we uh, Mash and Nat tonight are going to have Leon Searcy, who played in the NFL, uh, was a left tackle. Uh, you know, he was a one-time Pro Bowler in 1999. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 92 to 95, the Jacksonville Jaguars from 96 to 2000, and then the Baltimore Ravens for one year, Miami Dolphins for one year. And he also came out of the University of Miami uh, during Miami's... The U. Yeah, the U back in their heyday. Uh, you know, he was there for the, the 89 championship team, the 91 championship team. Uh, he's in, you know, the University of Miami Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, he's on the 87 uh, national championship team as well. Um, first team all of America, all American in '91, uh, and he actually played in the Super Bowl with the Steelers in Super Bowl Thirty. He has, as you might have seen it around. I've seen it on Facebook uh, pop up a few times, but he has his own shirts out there. This real men uh, block, and I love them. I think they're awesome for any guy that's, uh, you know, played offensive line in, in high school or college or in the pros. These shirts, are, or even in Pee Wee, you know, these shirts are awesome. Uh, they, all the you know real men block. They come in all kinds of colors, all kinds of uh, different styles. Um, this is taken right off of what Leon Cersei said on his website. It says real men block is about a player that bleeds when he battles and is not afraid to get his hands dirty, rough, tough, and rugged, but also loyal, smart, and reliable. A guy rarely celebrated, but awfully important. So lineman, lineman everywhere, cheers to you. This is why real men block. Uh, pretty cool statement right there. You know, they are the unsung, unsung <laughs> guys. fantastic. Isn't it? Isn't it just awesome? It just makes you want to go out there and block for somebody, you know? Yeah. And I'm, t- I'm sitting at like 185 pounds, so I get mowed over by anybody, by most guys. But, but uh, it makes you want to go out there and hit somebody. Uh they're really cool, man. I love them. You know, I'm, you know, as I said, I'm a little guy, so I haven't been blocking for anybody since like Pee Wee football. But, but uh, I think they're awesome. Anybody out there who's played offensive line before knows, you know, you're the unsung guy. You're not going to get any credit. Uh, you know, it's a thankless job, but you know, it's a rugged job. You got to get in there, the you're in the trenches, those big guys pushing each other around. You know, it's a tough. Your linebacker might make a tackle every couple of plays, or you know, you know, a good linebacker, what, like 10, 11 times in a game will get a tackle. Linemen hit somebody every play. You're hitting somebody. And, you know, it's the unsung guys. I love them. I think they're amazing. Uh, if you go to the jockgeneral.com. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're the one group. They're the one position group to where if you don't hear about them, you know they're doing their job good. Absolutely. That is the 100% true. That's a good way to put it. If you go to jockjournal.com, you scroll down on the front page there, uh, you'll see the ad. Uh, click on the ad and follow it. Uh, I mean, they have you know, youth sizes and uh, adult sizes and all kinds of colors, uh, hoodies, T-shirts, and they're really cool. I think I'm Yeah, I don't say, man, I'm a hoodie guy, and I love some of the hoodie designs on here. They're very, very, very uh, nice. Uh, I think I was thinking about going out and, and getting, picking me up one that had my high school colors on it. Uh, uh, I mean, they look fabulous. They look good. Uh, so anybody who's looking to go to jockjournal.com, scroll down, 
on the front page, you'll see the Real Men block ad. Click on it, follow the link. They're pretty inexpensive, uh, really great uh, designs, and uh, they look really good. They look pretty sleek. Um, let's head back into here to the. Uh, we're I would talking love to wear my high school colors, but I would look like a Browns fan. <laughs> I look. See, well, I'm a West Virginia fan. As as uh, any listener knows, I'm a big WVU fan, and my high school colors were blue and gold. So it, that works out. You know, like perfect for me. Oh yeah, now mine was uh, mine were brown and orange. So oh, I'm not doing that. That is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Might get the red, white, and blue. <laughs> there you go, Team USA. Everybody's favorite team. Yeah. Uh, heading back into the NBA talk here. Um. I wanted to like bring up some some you know quick points, uh, some stuff that I've noticed uh, from watching this season. Uh, Chicago definitely has turned over a new leaf, uh, gotten kind of away from the Derrick Rose era, and it's the Jimmy Butler era in Chicago. And this kid's playing outstanding. Uh, you know, off to oh, a can great. Can I say that? Uh, How good to... has that kid been? Oh man, he's been playing fantastic, and he's got a lot of hustle in him. And then what I like about him too is, you know, he does have like a little bit of flair, a little bit of cockiness, but he's a hardworking guy. You know, this isn't a guy that's going out there and it's all flash. This guy hustles. I mean, you see him like hustle for the ball. You see him fighting every play. Uh, you know, a guy that's that's going out there and really working for their team. Um, absolutely, he's been outstanding, and it's it makes you know Chicago fans are out there kind of saying like Rose who. I mean, Butler's taking over. He's the star on that team right now. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd 100% agree with that. And I think the one thing that's most impressive, I'm not sure if he's gotten a contract extension this year or anything. I didn't pay too much close pay to, uh, attention to the preseason because of football. But now, you know, switching gears into basketball a little bit more, you know, he plays hard for a guy who's he's definitely wanting to earn that paycheck and make sure that he gets that huge payday. And when he gets it and if he continues to play well, he's going to be an amazing player as he's start beginning to be. As far as Derek Rose, I know he's had the MVP season. He's definitely been the hope for Chicago in the past. But with injury and you see reports flash up about him, maybe having some issue with it, you know, the team switching to Jimmy Butler. I think there's only going to be room for one of them in Chicago eventually, and I think it'll probably end up being Jimmy Butler. I agree. I mean, Derrick Rose is like a qual. I mean, he is when he's healthy, one of the best point guards in the league. But the problem is, is Derrick Rose is never healthy. Uh, he, I mean, he spends more time, um, you know, on the bench than he does on the court. Uh, one of my friends that we were talking about basketball earlier this week uh, brought up a really good point: is um, it almost shocks you to see Derrick, he said, he, I mean, this is his word, said it almost shocks you to see Derrick Rose's calves because he's always in warm-ups, you know, he never gets to take the warmers off, he, you know, he's he's just never, ever healthy, um, and that's the, a huge thing, Jimmy Butler's there, you know, eight games this season, uh, so and he's been playing phenomenally, too, like, not to take anything away from Jimmy Butler, he's, I mean, he's a superstar in this league now, he's been playing outstanding. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is kind of old news by now, but that kid in New York, uh, I'll try to say his name, but I'll probably slaughter it. But he, uh, Chris, that Portazingas? Yeah, Portazingas, that's it. And he, man, he, everybody booed when he was drafted. And that kid came out and he's shown 
that uh, you know he's the real deal. He you know he's been playing outstanding for a rookie. Uh, another one of those guys that's kind of a hustle guy, and he's a little bit more tenacious than we see in a lot of these European guys. Yeah, he definitely attacked a lot more. And I remember when he got drafted a couple of days later, they came out with a thing about Phil Jackson saying that he was unsure if Chris Steph could actually play in the NBA or not with these guys without getting pushed around. He's been a guy who's been impressed. I mean, he's blocking shots. He's scoring. He's even a pretty decent passer. He's a guy who seems to always be around the ball. And if he keeps continuing like he's going, he's going to be like a guy like Dirk Nowitzki where he's going to have a very, very good career in the NBA. Oh, no, I completely agree. He's, I mean, he's been putting up great uh, numbers. Uh, you know, he's a, he's kind of a hustle guy, too. I really like what I've seen from him. I'm very impressed uh, by what, what he's been able to do. Um, but we're actually going to, you know, switch gears. We talked a lot about basketball here. We're going to switch gears again on you and and head to the rink where Amos is kind of a beginner at the at the hockey game. He's not not a big hockey fan. Uh, yet, but my goal over the course of this show is to make Amos a die-hard hockey fan. Uh, that's my goal. Is as he's gonna bleed for the <laughs> it ice. It should man. be too hard. I've always respected the sport of hockey. I just I live in a weird area. If I want to watch hockey, I have to go to like my local sports bar, basically. I hope to get it on there. <laughs> uh, Olympic hockey, though, I'm all in all day. <laughs> Olympic hockey is where some of the best of it happens, man. Uh, we'll start off real quick. Um, I am, I think, uh, I don't know if anybody knows. I don't know if we've ever talked hockey before, but I am a big uh, Washington Capitals fan, and they're off to an amazing start this season. Uh, in first place in the entire league, you know they're they're the best uh, record in the league right now. Alexander Ovechkin just got his 500th goal the other night. He's the first Russian-born player to ever do it. Something like the third fastest to ever do it in a career. Um, and I believe the 43rd ever overall to do it. Uh, outstanding what he's been able to do. An outstanding career. Uh, and I know that, Amos, you don't know much about hockey. But, I mean, he is the greatest scorer of, of our generation. What he's been able to do. I mean, 500 goals in a career is nothing to scoff at. I mean, that is a lot of putting the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. And I don't I haven't watched a lot of hockey, but being a sports fan, watching ESPN and other, these, you know, around-the-clock sports or websites, it's always been a thing where it's been Crosby or Ovechkin. And Ovechkin's always seemed to be the guy who edges us out because of his ability to stay healthy, to play through injury, to be able to change. Like, if something's not going play, he will change his play, and he'll make sure that something goes his way, where I've seen Crosby kind of back off and, you know, not necessarily put 100% in after you – I mean, I don't know. I just – I think Ovechkin is overall the better player. I think he's the better scorer, way more aggressive. I, I mean, I'm going to agree. I think he is uh, the better scorer. I don't think that there's a lot of question there. He's the pure scorer. Um, and I think that uh, Crosby's the better playmaker. You know, he gets the the puck out to people. They're a better assist artist, if you will. Um, but the one thing that I've always liked about Ovechkin is his tenacity and the, the defense, man. Ovechkin will hit you. Uh, you know, he, he does not shy away from contact. He'll get in your face. Uh, he'll let you know he's there. Where uh, Sidney Crosby plays more of an offensive game, and and 
you know, isn't nearly as physical of a guy. Um, but, you know, of course, Crosby is an outstanding player. I mean, I would definitely say easily the second best player of this generation. Um, and But Alexander Ovechkin, huge milestone for him. And this team's really rolling right now. Uh, you know, they're on a heck of a run, just beating teams. Uh, and they've had a lot of injuries. I know that you don't follow the sport that much, but they've had a lot of injuries and still able to do it. Young guys stepping up in positions where they need them. The defense has played well. Uh, Brandon Holtby, their goalie, has been outstanding. And it just it seems crazy because two years ago, you know, the entire Washington fan base was called, was calling for this guy to be fired because of his poor play. Uh, but now he's celebrated as one of the best goalies in the league. Uh, funny how that works out. And that, I mean, you see that in all sports where a guy, you know, every, he's hated, but then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's awesome and everybody loves him. I think we can, like, coin the term that, yeah, that I think is, for hockey, that's Eli Manning It's also disorder. a very, like, special thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think for hockey, it's a very you got a special group of players, especially for that sport when injury happens and you have these young guys step up and maybe they don't do great, but they play their role and they do their job. And I think it's very special to see because hockey's a sport. I think it's probably the closest to football if it doesn't even edge it out a little bit to where there's so much that goes into each play because there's so much going on with you know you got to pay attention to what's around you, the passing, the goalie's got so much to focus on. It's really I. It may be the most technical, difficult sport, at least like in the United States, as the three or four major sports. It may be the top tier of you really have to know your position and really have to know it very well to play it. Well, absolutely. I mean, you could you have to first off is you have to know how to skate. You know, you have to have to know how to skate well. Um, and then they're big guys. You know, the physicality of the sport, the contact, the. And then, you know, stick work. I mean, it's all foreign. I mean, there is nothing about hockey that's natural. Uh, you know, the the skating something you got to learn. And the stick work is something you got to learn. Uh, I mean, there's so much of the game. None of it's natural. It's all something that you got to learn. Uh, we're going to do a quick rundown of the scores here. Um, a game from earlier tonight already over. The New York Islanders beat, uh, which I guess would be your home team, Amos, is the Columbus Blue Jackets 5-2. to two. Uh, right now at the end of the second, uh, the St. Louis Blues beating the New Jersey Devils 3-2. to two. Also at the end of the second, the uh, Sabres beating the Wild 3-1. to one. Another game also at the end of the second, the Sharks are beating the Jets 2-1. to one. <clears throat> Twelve minutes left in the second period. Uh... The Blackhawks over the Predators 2-0 right now. At the end of the first, Tampa Bay over uh, the Colorado Avalanche 1-0. Also at the end of the first, the Edmonton Oilers 1-0 over uh, Arizona. And then another game that already ended went to overtime, actually, uh, where Carolina was able to get the win over Pittsburgh 3-2 in overtime. Uh, and we actually have a text in here, which we'll take real quick. Maybe if my computer loads a little bit faster. All right, here it is. Uh, the text <laughs> message is, Hockey hurts my brain, but you guys make it a little easier to comprehend. I guess like a new hockey fan out there listening to the show. Um, anybody who's not, you know, not in I'm the right hockey, there with you. <laughs> <laughs> not watching. It is, it's fun to watch, and it's easy. I think it's accessible, because it's... Um, 
you know, it's not like any sport that's out there. So there is a lot to learn because, uh, you know, there's a lot different. You know, it has some yeah. similarities with basketball, but there is a lot to learn of the sport. Um, but, you know, you watch, you know, four or five games. I think you're, you're kind of up to speed. Yeah, I think the one big thing that, because in my area there are some big hockey fans. We have some semi-pro teams and stuff around here. And I think the one biggest consensus that I get from hockey fans is, yeah, watching it on TV is great. But it's one of the very few sports that I've heard that there's nothing like going to the game to watch I was, it. I was going to bring this up. There is nothing like it. There, I mean, there's nothing that compares to uh, to going to the rink. The energy, man. I mean, anybody who's gone to a, an NBA game or a college basketball game, um, you know, even if you're a football fan, the energy you can't match the energy of those smaller arenas. Uh, you know, in tight like that, in tight games, and plus, you know, basketball is a game that can change at any moment. You know, a ten point lead can be gone in an instant um, in basketball, where football, you know, is a little bit more methodical. Um, but hockey's just like that. You know, you you see these guys get on scoring tears. You know, I've seen games where there was. Uh, three goal deficits erased in you know minutes. Uh, and then it, it's such an energy, and the physicality of the sport drives that. I think even further than basketball. I think that's what it has over basketball is, you know, the physicality even pushes you even further. Where it's, uh, I mean, it's it's an amazing sport. Anybody who goes, and if you've never been to one, and don't want to shell at the big prices to go to the NHL. Um, and I've gone to you know to minor league baseball games. I've gone uh, to semi-professional football games before, um, and they are fun experiences. But going to you know a farm team hockey or you know go and watch semi-pro hockey is amazing. They you know the there's always fights, man. There's always fights going on. Always great action. Uh, and and hockey's I think is. It is a growing sport. I mean, you, there's no denying that it has gotten bigger. Um, we got another text in uh, from the Maryland area. Uh, go Caps, go! I'm gonna agree with you there. Absolutely, <laughs> rocking the red. Uh, that's what I joke with my girlfriend. I don't know if you know this, Amos, but in hockey, it's a big thing that you know if your team enters the playoff. For good luck, you grow the playoff beard. Are you familiar with the playoff beard? Uh, I grow the playoff beard for football every year. I usually start it very early too. Oh, right. see, that's it's the same thing. It's the same <laughs> but thing. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I've heard that with hockey. The playoff beard, you gotta have it. Well, this year, you know, last year we had uh, Capitals and ran into the playoffs. Um, got through the first round pretty pretty easily. Then had a really tough tough matchup with the Rangers, which seems to happen a lot between these two teams. Uh, and they had the lead over the Rangers, and the Rangers came back uh, to win the series. So this year, I declared that I was going to grow out my playoff beard um, starting preseason. And so in the start of preseason, I've grown out, grown out the playoff beard, the mustache, the whole shebang, um, without trimming at all, which for any guy that grows a beard knows it is awful because all I do all day is just eat my own mustache. I mean, it's like all I do is just eat my mustache all day. And 
there's always that one point to where it, it starts itching and it starts bothering you and it's like god i don't want to shave it off but no this is where this is the point in the beard where you just have to let it go well and this is i mean i'm not just growing it for me i'm growing it for my team right and i want to throw this in before i get <laughs> to my next point the, the capitals well the capitals thing is rock the red that's that's their thing you know rock the red that it's on their signs, it's on their posters. That's their their kind of like the team's motto is rock the red. Well, I have brown hair, but I have like a bright red beard. So I'm rocking the red on the old chinsulation over here. So I start growing this in preseason. We're the best team in hockey. I mean, I can't. You can't say that's a coincidence, man. I think that I think that there's some magic in the red beard. I mean, there's got to be, right? Lucky to be Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're no, doing always, well. I, uh, yeah, I tend to, I tend to grow my beard out. Usually, starts in about November to where I actually just let it go. But yeah, I understand because I'm saying I have brown hair and I have a red beard, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I love it, so. Oh, absolutely. My girlfriend hates it. I think my girlfriend's going to try to shave it in the middle of the night, but I love it. And, you know, as long as my team keeps <laughs> winning like this, there's no reason to shave it. Uh, so we're actually going to touch on it real quick before uh, we head out here, guys. Um, for anybody who's been following the Fantasy Show, uh, we started doing the FanDuel uh, host challenge every week, uh, you know, where you get a chance to take on me and Amos. Um to see who has the better team, you know, see if you can beat us. Uh, this week we did it again, uh, even though it was the playoffs, um, we did it, and Amos ended up coming up with the win. Amos finished in first, I finished in third. I uh, did. <laughs> do what? I thought I was, I was very surprised. <laughs> Ended up winning it. We're going to do it, uh, I think, one more week because then we'll get into the championship games. It won't be fun with only four teams anymore. So this will be the last week coming up. We're not going to go over our team since we're not doing the fantasy show anymore. Um, but we will be posting it. So, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, and that's at free uh, parking, P-A-R-R-K-I-N-G, um, or, you know, on our Facebook page, which is free parking spelled the same exact way with the P-A-R-R-K-I-N-G. Um, follow us. And, and we'll before be... we get out of here, there is one thing that I want to bring up. We have a pretty upbeat show, but I do want to bring up and give out my condolences uh, to uh, Andrew Smith's family. He is the college basketball player from a couple years ago. He passed away today. Uh, he had cancer, and he just passed away today, and I just wanted to give my condolences to his family and, uh, you know, his friends and those close to him. Absolutely. The former Butler player uh, absolutely lost his battle yes. uh, with cancer. Uh, very tragic. Definitely, uh, you know, our thoughts will be with the family um, through, you know, through this rough time. I can't imagine what they're going through. Um so we'll be, you know, hearts and our thoughts are out there. Everybody, all of our fans, I'm sure our thoughts are with uh, Andrew's family as they go through this. Um, but we will be doing the FanDuel Challenge. Uh, so follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, uh, and we'll be doing that, that challenge for next week. Uh, we'll set it up and we'll have the links out probably tomorrow. 
Um, so that's all we have for the show. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow night for the Par for Discourse game show. If you haven't listened to it, it's a lot of fun. Going for 3-0. and Yeah, Amos undefeated right now. It's going to bring this up, man. You are crushing it. Uh, <laughs> this week it's going to be uh, Amos and Rich are going to be on one team, and then Peter with a special guest for anybody who listens to Junk Journal Radio from the Sports Drive. We have Frank Sprankle is going to come in, be Peter's partner. I uh, have some great questions for you guys tomorrow night. So we'll be here same time, same place, 9 p.m. on Jock Journal Radio. Uh, listen next. Uh, right on, right after us is going to be the Nash and Matt show. They have uh, special guest Leon Cersei tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to listening to it. Excellent show they have ahead for you. Um, so that's all we have for you guys tonight. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow night. Listen to the Nash and Matt show just after this. Uh, Good night, everybody. Good night. Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back now, you hear? 